Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh episode of the U.S. Arsenal podcast. Today, I am delighted to be podcasting after a 1-1 draw, but a penalty victory over Liverpool FC in the Community Shield final, I guess, uh, preseason game, whatever. It matters. Whatever you want to call it, it matters. And I am over the moon that in the span of a month, we have won two trophies, the FA Cup and the Community Shield, the two biggest trophies in Europe, bar none. But anyways, I have a great guest on today, so let's get right to it. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to the U.S. Arsenal Podcast. And as our guest today, we have Will Hooper joining us from, well, Will, why don't you tell the people where you're from? Sure. Well, I am from Cambridge in England. Um, I've been here pretty much all my life. Uh, yeah. I love it. I love that we, on the U.S. Arsenal pod, we've got someone from across the pond coming on the podcast and giving us their perspective. Um, so, Will, how far away is Cambridge from the Emirates? Um, I assume it's like an hour away. It's, it's not too far. I have been to there by the train so it, have you uh have you gross. been to a lot of arsenal games or are you more of someone who likes to watch them on tv i have been to one home game um that was a few years ago but ultimately i'm just one of these people who just tend to watch on uh, the tv i have so. no problem with that i uh if <clears> i think <throat> if i were over there in an hour away though i might try and get out to the stadium a little bit more obviously now uh yeah. maybe want to lay off a little bit now more so than before but uh, very jealous of anyone who is close by over there because it's just um, it's a special place when you go there. I've only been two times and it's just a fantastic place to be. And I don't know, I just feel like there's some special energy there. I think yeah, I'm just completely. being a homer though. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, it, it is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be new. Yeah. But uh, anyways, well, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about our victory in the Community Shield. We're going to talk about some transfer news, some backroom drama, and uh, just some different happenings at the club while I've been on this hiatus from the podcast since the FA Cup. But let's start off with something easy sure. before we get into the game. Uh, and I guess it is a part of the game. <clears throat> what do you think about these new away kits? The new away kit? Um, there's been a lot of comments about it. Uh, some people seem to think it's uh, the, the people are being mauled by a tiger. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's, I personally think they're pretty good. Um, I can see what what kind of like the style they're going for because they're going after the um, the Highbury Marble Hall. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, white background with, uh, you know, the marks across the uh, the shirt. So I, I, can, I can get the, uh, the inspiration from that. I um yeah. when I saw the leaks of this jersey originally, I wasn't all that into it. And now after seeing what it's inspired by, what the meaning of it is, and just the hype videos that Arsenal and Adidas have put together, it's one of my favorite yeah. clubs, I think. I mean not one of my favorite clubs, one of my favorite kits that the club has put out in a little while, I think. So I'm I'm strongly consider getting it, especially after what we saw today. First game in the kit, another trophy. Um so that was just mm. Uh, a good way to start the game, you know, even if we didn't go out and have the best performance, which we had a pretty good one, in my opinion, we looked good doing it. So let's get into the game, Will. Uh, sure. First half, I mean, 
we we fielded a lineup that had a few changes from our uh, FA Cup final victory. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to point out was the lack of Danny Ceballos, which was very concerning to me at the beginning of this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can tell he was kind of missed because if you look at our overall gameplay, I'm not saying El Nene had a bad game. I think he had a pretty a pretty composed game. You know, he was I decent. I thought he on played the really well. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, you know, he's been criticised for his lack of, uh, you know, ideas in terms of getting the ball forward. Uh, you know, he was passing it sideways, backwards, on the, on the well, most of the time. But mm-hmm. he wasn't losing the ball in midfield and, you know, making us exposed at the back. He was he was pretty composed. But I would like to see that, that central midfield role uh, being taken by someone like Danny Sabias or even other other people that we've been linked with. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, yeah. Sabias um, was definitely missed. I, I think Sabias was definitely missed. I think the creativity that he brings or has brought since the restart has just been phenomenal. And I think mm-hmm. that he should be a number one priority for us. Um, and when we talk about transfers a little bit after, we, we can get into that. But I thought Mohamed Elneny had a, a great game. And for what I know about Mohamed Elneny, what I've seen from him before, he looked like a really, really good player. Uh, a solid player who Arsenal <clears throat> should consider keeping. And it looks like they they might be trying to do that. Mikel Arteta seems to like him, right? Yeah, I mean... Considering the fact that he was under Wenger, he was under Emery. Oh, wait, was was he under? Yes, he was under Emery uh, for a short bit, and then he yeah, I do remember that that game where we lost against Crystal Palace three two at home. Uh, it was him and Guendouzi in the midfield, which was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm I don't know. Maybe that loan spell at the Sikters was, was the club in yeah, Turkey. Yeah, was yeah. I was gonna say Fenerbahce, but it was. Uh, Besiktas. I don't know how to say it Besiktas. correctly, but yeah, we'll do yeah. our best. We, we completely. Oh, no. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, mate. Yeah, maybe he could be a good squad player. I think. Um, I think he'd be a good substitute for Granite Jaka if Lucas yeah. Torreya is not involved anymore, which he's a question mark. Uh, I think We're it'd be good to, to offload have someone him like to Italy. Him. Yeah, it seems like we've been trying <clears> to offload him to Italy since he's joined for some reason, um, but. Also, uh, another change in the lineup was Bakayo Saka joined the team. and Unbelievable performance. Yeah, he is just one of my favorite players uh, wearing an Arsenal kit right now. He is just a stunning player, and I think the sky is the limit for him. That ball and, to Aubameyang before the goal. Uh, he is so composed for an 18-year-old. I, I mean, it, and so quick, so intelligent, and he can shoot the ball too, and not only pass i mean he is just a stunning player oh yeah but uh another maybe a surprise start for a few arsenal fans i know i was surprised by this ainsley maitland niles starts in the team again yeah we we cannot we cannot sell him he's too good yeah uh and i mean we let's talk about that now actually because uh ainsley maitland niles for me i think one of the players of the game he was again just a rock defensively locked up both mane and salah and uh, got yep. forward a few times, did pretty well there. At one point, could have had a shot, decided to try and lay it off. And mm-hmm. uh, overall, though, I think he's just so cool, calm, and collected, everything he does. He's so athletic. He's intelligent on the ball. 
I think <clears throat> losing him would be a huge, yeah. huge loss. Uh, yeah, unless unless we get a, an enormous sum for him, I really don't think it'd be a good idea for us to sell him. Um, I remember when I think it, I, I believe it was during the second half when Mane tried to cut in from the right, and uh, Ainsley tracked him right right to the end, and he cleared the ball. And I was just thinking, you know, he's he's not even a left back, and he's he's got that confidence to track down possibly exactly. one of the the best players on the planet and do it, you know, with such ease. It, he is he is not one to be to be sold. He's one to we, we don't want another Serge Gnabry situation. Right. Right. That. And that's uh potentially what he could be if he goes, mm-hmm. because I, I think he's he's that good of a player where uh, a team like I mean, he's not rumored to go to a team like Bayern Munich, but uh, a team mm-hmm. like that in the Champions League could definitely use him. So I think even the sums that are being thrown around for him, twenty million, seems a little bit insulting yeah. to me for a player that that's versatile. That, 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 is, that, that is rubbish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, in the end, if he does decide to go to Wolves, I, I do think that's a good spot for him, and I I think he has a very good team around him there to succeed. So hopefully that situation won't play out. Um, but yeah. If it does, it does. So Wolves do need a new right back after they sold. Well, yeah. in the process of selling Matt Doherty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, less about Ainsley Maitland-Niles and more about yeah. scoring goals against Liverpool. Uh, so the first goal that we scored came after uh, a pretty decent start to this game, I thought. I thought Arsenal were building pretty well in the first 10 minutes, uh, yeah. defended well. I mean, Liverpool are always going to bring the attacks. But after 12 minutes... We had a beautiful playing out of the back situation all the way from our goalkeeper. Uh, Saka gets the ball on the right side. As you said, a delightful mm-hmm. pass to Aubameyang crossfield. And Aubameyang does what he does best. He cuts in on that right foot and slots it home. What a stunning goal from a stunning player. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, Aubameyang is just... He is the best striker in the Premier League. Am I mistaken in saying that? The uh, Well, no. I mean, <laughs> well, personally, the only striker that you could potentially, and I say this very lightly, potentially say is a level above um, Aubameyang in the Premier League is Aguero. But we have not really seen much of Aguero as, as of late due to his, his injury. But right. I believe when Aguero does come back from fitness, uh, from his injury, I mean, um, I believe it will be, you know, more competitive, competitive at the top. But yeah, right. but, uh... we cannot... Yeah, go on. The swagger that Aubameyang has been playing with since the restart <laughs> is just... It, it's kind of what I think about when I think about this team under Mikel Arteta is that they have a confidence that I've never seen from them. And since the restart, more specifically after our <clears> first game of the restart, after we got blown out by Manchester City originally, uh, the team has just had this yeah. swagger about them, like a, a great shape about them. And they love Mikel Arteta. I think that's really what it comes down to. And they believe in his plan. They've seen mm-hmm. that it can work. And I, I'm just so impressed by what's going on in the club. I mean, have you seen the change that I'm seeing? I, I think we all have. But I think we all have. We have to agree. He's brought, he's brought the community back. He's brought the spirit of the team back. He's, he's, re- he's really sorted that defense out. You know, we, we don't have the... The uh, the personnel in terms of what we ultimately want to play because we don't we don't want to play this 
five at the back, this three at the back system. We we want to play a style similar to Liverpool, in fact, you know, because we want to win. We want to win the big trophies, you know. Yeah. But in terms of the the personnel he's had, I think he has. I think he has overachieved and is still overachieving. I think he's fantastic manager, and I'm I'm as an Arsenal fan, I'm personally really excited to see what he can do right. in the near future. And I think what you touched on there is the most impressive part of all of this is the personnel, right? This is the same personnel that finished eighth in the league. Granted, it was Mikel Arteta's final tally, eighth in the league. But most of that was from Unai Emery, a team that really couldn't get out of their own way under Unai Emery, a team that had no confidence, no desire to play, crumbling internally, players linked everywhere, wanted to leave. And now I think this is the destination that players mm-hmm. want to go if they're looking for a new project, if they're looking for an exciting team to join. Mm. This is why I, I believe this is why we're linked to the top players because of the project and they believe, you know, yeah. they're excited at what Arsenal can do because you know we we haven't we haven't won the league since 2004. So and ultimately we want to be where what Liverpool are, and the comments that Mikel Arteta came out with. Um, a few days ago about winning the Champions League. I don't think that is, you know, delusional. I think that is an ultimate aim that Arsenal, the size of Arsenal Football Club, should be competing at the top and competing for the the premium trophies. Yeah, Uh, and I completely agree. Um, And I I did think that was really interesting when we signed Willian and Willian said the thing that put him over the edge of wanting to play for Arsenal was Mikel Arteta saying, listen, in three years, I expect to win the Champions League trophy. Sure. So, I mean, it's that kind of confidence, that kind of, I don't know, that that swagger that I was talking about earlier that um, is bringing this team to a level I, I haven't seen them play at in a long time. I mean, this is two trophies in the span of a month, and I, I'm just like over the moon with this team right now. Mikel Arteta was a leader, even under Wenger. Yeah. I, I, just, I remember seeing a photo on Twitter where Mikel was looking at Wenger and he was he was giving Wenger instructions on how to play. <laughs> I'm not That's sure fantastic. what game that was. Um, I believe he won. <laughs> but you could tell he was a leader back in the day and uh, right. three years at Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. That was and, a key ingredient. And one of my... Sorry. I just wanted to say, one of my favorite things um, was Pep Guardiola coming out and... Uh, when he was asked about Mikel Arteta and basically said, maybe Mikel taught us a lot because he was asked, basically, yeah. oh, how, well, how do you think uh, your teachings have gone to Mikel? So he's a special guy and we're seeing it already. He's been here for eight months and three of those months we haven't even played. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, just uh, uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, go on. Sorry. Um, but anyways... We had a fantastic first half, in my opinion. We had a lot of defensive toughness. Uh, We played on the counter pretty well, which is what you have to do against a Liverpool team that's this strong. And uh, I wanted to ask you, if you had to pick a few players from that first half, who who were your premier players? Who played the best for you? My best three players? um, Aubameyang with the goal, most definitely. He was a a dangerous player on on that left flank. Uh, Saka, he was always cutting in whenever, whenever. I, I never thought I'd say this, but whenever we had the ball, and I know we played a very a low block, we played a very defensive uh, 
defensive system that whenever we had the ball, we looked more dangerous than when Liverpool had the ball in the final third, which is just just outstanding, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, so Aubameyang, Saka, and I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you I know who I think it yeah. might be? It's either El Nenny or Hector Bellerin for me from that. Oh, yeah, that Hec- Hector, Bellerin, Hector Bellerin was insane. I, I think it was his, his ball that eventually led to, uh, he passed it to Saka, and then Saka hit it to Aubameyang. So it was a confidence for Hector to go forward and actually pass forward, which resulted in a goal. So, right. And um, uh, some players are big game players. And I think, I mean, in the past month, we've seen Hector Bellerin excel so much in the FA Cup final and in this game here. And uh, I mean, Aubameyang especially. I'm, the goals that he scored for us have just been paramount to our success. So, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, and uh, I'm just so impressed with Hector Bellerin coming off that injury. I mean, we've seen Rob Holding, who played well today and um, played he was, okay. He was, he, was, he was good, yeah. Yeah, played okay in the FA Cup final. But Hector Bellerin, I think, is fully back from his ACL injury. He looks like the Hector Bellerin of old. Yeah, I, I have been hearing some rumors. I, I think we'll, we'll probably touch on this later, but I've been rumors yeah. that, he, that PSG want to want to buy him. But everyone wants sure. our right backs. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm hoping that a lot of these rumors aren't true. Is uh, is the long and short of our transfer talk, I guess. <laughs> But uh, yeah. anyways, transitioning to the second half, uh, this one was not as convincing from Arsenal. Obviously, Liverpool scored uh, around the 70th minute in this half through Mina Mino, a really FIFA 20-esque goal where the ball just, bounces around. Uh, just just to touch lands. upon that, if I may. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I've, not, I've not seen the photos of it. I'd, I'd like to like make an informed decision. But was that handball by Salah? I don't think so. I think it it was very close to being it, but I think Cedric steps in the way of him and kind of uh, blocks it from touching his hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching um, the AFTV stream. I, I kind of just clicked on it just to see their reactions, and they were they were <laughs> up in arms about it being a handball. But I, I don't I don't know. I'll have to look at that. But. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a tough one. I mean, really, it, I don't think it was originally when everyone was shouting for it. I, I had my fingers crossed, but um, it, it was a clean goal. Uh, but Arsenal, I mean, it, it was just a scramble. And at that yeah. point, Liverpool had been pressing us for a good 20 minutes and just finally yeah. barely broke us down. Um, well, the two, dang- yeah, the two dangerous players... Um, the ones that I feared the most actually were Robertson and Mane. They were the, they were the they were the Liverpool's best players. Uh, Firmino wasn't really on the ball much. Salah, I, I can't I can't remember him even 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 having an Im, Im, impact. Which is you know no disrespect. I think he's a great player, but I think he was marshalled pretty well. Right. It, it was it was mainly just a uh, Liverpool play played a very possession possession based style. You know. Hitting it to the flanks, and I think they, yeah, they, they were very they were either, frustrated. They were, it like. either unlucky, or we were just defensively world class. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the second option. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, you said this earlier before we started recording when we were just having uh, a quick little chat. 
but we played essentially the same system we used against them when we beat them 2-1 uh, yeah. after the restart. And it looked like the same system that we used against Manchester City in the FA Cup semifinal. It's just yeah. that frustrating, not giving the team any space and letting them try and break us down as we have. It looks like almost 11 men behind the ball in the box. So it's it's obviously a strategy that we're using against teams that have the attacking yeah. power of yeah. Liverpool and City. We don't have the personnel to play like a Liverpool or Manchester City. So in for us to beat these kind of teams, these these top top teams like Manchester City and Liverpool, we have to we have to play this way. It's not the the way we ultimately want to, like I mentioned before. But you know, if it's winning us games, so why not? Yeah, and uh, that's that's the uh, the main point, right? You got to win the games, and I don't yeah. think. Um, uh, well, I haven't heard this criticism. I guess this is my own doing. Um, the anti-football kind of style of play where you sit back and defend like Arsenal have the, a little Marino, bit. The Mourinho style. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think we're doing a very, uh, a nice version of that, right? When we play these big clubs, we're playing on the counterattack. We're passing out of the back much more smoothly than a team who's just trying to bomb yeah. it down the field and, and just rush. You know? Yeah, I think we're, it's we're a more with, controlled. Yeah, we're, we're playing with like, we're, we're not, instead of just, you know, because we're because we're sitting back and you know hitting them on a counter, it's kind of like relying on. Can, can I say a, a, a really big shout out to Kieran Tierney? Because oh. we, we 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 have got one of the top one of the top top left backs in the Premier League, and I can say that you know without any without any delusion. <laughs> I I think we have the top left back in the league. Uh, I can go. I can go with that. <laughs> you know, Andy Robertson is a special player. I mean, we saw that today. How he was a yeah. huge threat going down that left side. But Andy Robertson isn't the defensive player that Kieran Tierney is. No, no, Kieran Tierney. He look. He looks. He's. He's a. He's a. He's still got the. How, how would How would you say it? The Celtic DNA. With, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like rough football and tackling and gritty and nasty and, you know. Defense, defensive clout, as right. we say in England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and something that is fantastic about Tierney is, first of all, he's not playing in his left-back position. He's been playing as a left center-back. Left center-back, so, yeah. Playing out of position and playing that well. And then the second thing I want to say about Tierney, and I put this out on Twitter, is the long balls that he sends down that left sideline to Aubameyang, that is already a trademark. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's Absolutely. a wonderful thing. It was the same, the same kind of ball that he did in against Manchester City, where Aubameyang scored, and long may it, long may it continue. Yes, yes, long may it continue is right. Uh, but after Liverpool scored that goal, they they were pressing us before then. Uh, we had some yeah. late subs from Mikel Arteta. We brought on Joe Willock and Reese Nelson. For it was Saka and Enkedia, I believe, and uh, uh, we, yeah, Willock, Willock, did Willock come on? Willock did Nelson. come on. Yeah, he came on. Um, I'm surprised we didn't see Saliba. Yeah, I, I thought we'll he might come on over Kalasinak when Tierney was kind of bruised up a little bit. Hopefully, that's not a big thing. By the way, Tierney's yeah. hamstring. <laughs> my 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 stream crashed as soon as Kalasanak uh, was subbed on and I was like oh no what oh no help, <laughs> help me please <laughs> uh, just a complete disaster Kalasanak is subbed on and everything goes blank so 
you you probably expected the worst at that point. But he, he didn't do anything, you know. He just did this job. Right, Kalasinac is a he's not a terrible player. He's definitely not good though. He's somewhere in the middle. He can be. He's he's like Mustafi under Wenger. You know, he's okay, but mm. in terms of concentration and you know keeping steady on the ball, I mean, take back to the the North London derby where he you know gave that torrid ball, yeah. and uh, which caused equalizer right after we scored that cracking goal. Right. Um, but in terms of us moving forward, I I would like to see him sold or at least loaned. Um, so we can, you know, invest in. I, I, I do believe we have enough cover at left back anyway. I agree. I agree. I think we have we have Saka who can play there. Hopefully, we'll have Ainsley Maitland Niles who can play there a little bit as yeah. well. Vers- versatility, yeah. And um, you know, it, it it's just going to be difficult to sell him. I think for for anything that we'd probably want for him. I, I don't know if we'll get more than like fifteen mil for him. That's that's fine. He's you know. It's off the wage bill, which yeah. is a crucial, crucial part. That is true. But uh, after those late subs from Arteta, Arsenal played a little bit better. We had a few chances going forward. Nothing too crazy. Uh, Joe Willock actually had a big chance on the header that he put wide. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Tough one. But I, I think he needs to score that. Yeah, I, I would like to see Willock go on loan and Smith Rowe integrate into the first team more. Mm. Because I do believe in Willock. I think he's a he's a good play. He's a good up and coming player. But I'd like to see him on alone. Yeah. Some minutes. I think Joe Willock does have a spot on this team though, and it's what we saw from him today. It's basically just uh, that later sub where we need an injection of energy, and yeah. I think he's a he's a good guy to keep control of the ball and to chase people down. And I think Arteta loves that. Arteta does seem to like him. He does seem to be subbing him on a lot, or at least starting a lot in games. You know, he features in a lot of games mm-hmm. for Arteta. So maybe maybe he does see something in it that we don't. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I really I like Joe Willock a lot. I honestly haven't seen a lot of Smith Rowe. Did you get a chance to really watch him play when he went? I did around? watch. Yeah, yeah. He he was at Huddersfield Town. I did watch a few games. I think I think he was really good. I think. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, I think he can make a claim on the first team. It's going to be... Uh, that's that's maybe one of the reasons why I think Maitland-Niles might be up for sale is because <clears throat> Smith-Rowe isn't the same kind of position as him. He's more of a forward than he is a, a defensive player. Yeah. Uh, but I think Smith-Rowe can kind of slot into that right wing-back position as well. At least he used to. Not sure if he ever did at Huddersfield this year on his loan. No, he 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 was mainly played as like a an attacking midfielder. He can play on the, the wings and in midfield. He's pretty versatile in attack. But yeah, it's, it's Arteta. He he made Ainsley Maitland-Niles a uh, right-sided midfielder play at left back, and <laughs> so and it's Arteta can, can do Arteta can do wonders. <laughs> That's for sure, and. Uh... At the end of this game would be a 1-1 draw. And this community shield goes straight to penalties. What did you think yeah. going into penalties, Will? Did you think we were going to get a win? I, I, I don't want to give my... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, 
I don't know because I remember the last time we were in a penalty shootout in the Community Shield against Chelsea, which we won. So it it was kind of hit and miss. But when the Liverpool youngster, I think it was Ream Brewster, he hit the hit the crossbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that point, I just knew we'd win. Yeah, I I thought we would win just because. I don't know. I just had faith for some reason because Emmy Martinez, when he is playing in these cup finals, it feels like it is destiny yeah. for him that he needs to win something with this team. He's already won the FA Cup. And I just love seeing that guy, his passion. So it feels a little bit like destiny watching him play in net. And uh, yeah. I just want to say that when Brewster stepped up, I was watching the game with my girlfriend. I said, oh, no, this guy is going to put this to the moon. Watch this. And then sure enough, and right off the crossbar. <laughs> It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Oh, wow. And, uh, Prof- yeah. Props we, came true. Yeah, that's right. You got a, what is it called? Law of Attraction. I had to will it all the way from uh, Rhode Island here in the U.S. But anyways, we had uh, some great penalties. I loved Ainsley Maitland-Niles' penalty. Yeah, uh, that was a very composed penalty. It was kind of, it was very similar to... Um, I'm not sure if you watched the Europa League semi-final, um, Manchester United versus Sevilla, where Bruno stepped up and he did the penalty. It was very similar to that. Um, the the cockiness of Ainsley to do that. I love that. He, I mean, we said it earlier, he's cool, calm, and collected, but nothing seems to face him. I've never seen any other expression on his face than just a straight, straight face. Yeah. And uh, ice, ice in his veins, born to kill. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let's just keep him as uh, it should be the end of that transfer saga if you're in the Arsenal boardroom, right? Let's just keep Absolutely. him. <laughs> but anyways, well, we end up winning <laughs> the Community Shield in dramatic fashion. What a great win yeah. that is, right? I mean, what a confidence boost to the team. It is. It is. It's very confidence boost. And um, it's something that we need. It's, we're building a winning, winning culture. At Arsenal, something that we haven't had for a long time. You know, it was kind of, it was it was really degrading under Wenger and it was under under Emery, and it just felt like this club just had no direction of what it wanted to do. And Arteta came in December, and he's already he's already given us hope again. Seriously, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think everyone's hope for this team, obviously, is to be on the Liverpool path after they got Jurgen Klopp where it was he had kind of half a season his first year, um, made it to the Europa League final, lost. And then after that, it's just been completely upward trajectory. Uh, yeah. Obviously, one of the best teams in the world, if not the best, uh, maybe aside from yeah. Bayern. And uh, I, I think, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I know every Arsenal fan is saying this, but why not? Why can't we achieve that? It, it just feels like it, it should be us next. Cool. Of course. Um, no. I do think we need to... The, the point about Liverpool is that they had a major asset in Coutinho when they sold Coutinho to Barcelona for, I, I believe it was in the region of 140 million euros or yeah. something like that. And then they invested that money back in, back into the team. And, you know, they got better... Play, well, I want to say it now, but they did get better players than Coutinho was because he wasn't, he wasn't performing at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Well, he showed up he, in the Champions he still, League. Still isn't. Yeah, he still, yeah, he had to go to a different team to do it, though. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that seems like the the trend for Barcelona, right? Everyone wants to go to a different team now. 
yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on from, from Barcelona, uh, yeah, I, I believe if we somehow do make up the funds, we we would need to we would need to invest invest in the right areas on the team. I know we're linked to Thomas Partey, who I would absolutely love. He would transform our midfield in into a world class midfield. Yeah, um, and I know we're linked to Hussam Awa from from uh, Leon. Yep. You know, he's going to act as the, the creative number eight. I, b- I believe that's the kind of role that Mikel wants to transform into the, the midfield rather than just have, you know, a Jacka and Anel in any midfield partnership he wants. Kind of like a six, a number six to protect the, the back four. And then he'd have like two eights, you know, to create and make up the play. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's a good segue into our our transfer business here. So let's let's talk about the midfield, which is what you just touched on. We're linked to uh, Awar from Lyon, Party from Atletico Madrid. Yeah. But what I touched on a little bit earlier is, don't we just sign Danny Ceballos? Isn't that the fix to getting our number eight? We get our number eight who served us so well in the past few months back. Do we need Awar? Or I think Danny um, Ceballos might be a better option. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too. Sh- I'm not too sure. Um, I mean, if if we could, if we could get both, I mean that that would be even better. Oh, but yeah, if we only do just get Partey, I'm just thinking, what kind of midfield pattern would we play? Would we play Jacker, Partey, and Ceballos? Would that, that look good? Wonderful. That sounds wonderful, actually, because Jacker and Party as a holding midfield combo. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Jaka can pass the ball pretty well forward. I think that would be a, a fantastic midfield. Yeah, Arteta did make comments about, you know, he wants a attacking midfield role. And he said Sabias would suit it perfectly in that modern number, well, more modern version of the number 10 yeah. role. Um, yeah, he's shown himself to, to be that over the past few months. I mean, he has been the top creative player for Arsenal, in my opinion. I think that's. That's probably undeniable, right? He reminds me of Cazorla. You know how Cazorla was so influential in the midfield, mm. and he 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 does remind his kind of his his style of play does remind me of Cazorla a lot. And you know how much we've missed Cazorla. Yeah, that's that's high praise. And Danny Ceballos, I mean, it, it's deservedly so after uh, the past few months he's had. And I think of all the signings that we can make, aside from. Extending Aubameyang, Danny Ceballos should be the number one transfer target. I agree. I agree. I think he's he's he's, he's proved himself to be to be a good player under under Arteta, and right. could be could be better still. I'm surprised that they haven't done more to try and get him back on loan or sign him permanently yet, because it it seems like there's been no news around that. Yeah, that's that's down to Madrid, whether they want to keep him, whether they don't want to keep him. I think ultimately it's up to Madrid being a parent club. Yeah. But if Arsenal can somehow convince Sabias, well, convince Madrid even, because Sabias is convinced, he, I think he would like to stay. But if we can somehow convince Madrid to get Sabias on another loan, then I think that's a great bit, uh, really good business for Arsenal. Definitely agree. Um, what was I going to say? It was something about the midfield. I guess... While I think of that, how likely do you think Thomas Party is coming to Arsenal? I, I think he's coming. 
Really? I'm I'm putting my neck on the line. I, I do believe it's coming. I think what we were, we were, some, we were somehow fight. The right. 50 million uh, pounds is a barrier. Yeah. But do you remember last year? Uh, apparently we did we did not have the money to buy all the players <laughs> in, but we somehow found found a way. We found um, 72 million uh, to buy Pepe under our bed yeah. or something. Um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, uh, we, uh, we, we just bought, uh, Gabriel now for 30 million euros. Yeah. But I do believe we will somehow find the money. I, I think in the next few weeks, when we start offloading players, players that Arteta doesn't want, they can be the funds to raise for party. So I do believe we'll get him. Well, I hope you're right, Will, because that would be a fantastic signing. I mean, if you want to talk about a tough defensive midfielder, I don't know if there is anyone better in the world who is up for a transfer right now than Thomas Party. Uh, But what I wanted to say before, actually, I finally remembered, was we signed Willian, which I hadn't mentioned uh, Mm -hmm. since I podcasted last time, which was the FA Cup victory. So the rumor is that for the time being, if we aren't able to get another midfielder, that Willian will play in that number 10 role kind of behind the forwards. I don't know how great I feel about that. He did that role before he came to Chelsea. He he was playing on the left wing as well. But when he came to Chelsea, um, the manager that was, I can't can't remember who was managing. Was it, was it Ancelotti or Mourinho? I'm I'm not, I'm not too sure, but um, he was, he was, he was forced to play at right wing, which is, which is not his preferred position. So, I think after a few conversations with Mikel Arteta, you know, maybe maybe he can fulfill that number ten role. Yeah, I mean, or, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought, but I think obviously we'd prefer to have someone like Danny Ceballos or Awar, who, um, in in the only few games that I watched yeah. of him were the Champions League, and he looked excellent. He was insane. Yeah, and another person who we've been linked to forever, who we're not getting this year, obviously. Uh, is Upa Meccano and oh my god in the Champions League he was stunning yeah he was awesome um, I believe we may go in for him next year if there's a chance I, I sure hope so yeah, um, there's a chance. but as you said we signed or supposedly have signed not yet to be announced because we've announced nothing all summer uh, Gabriel <laughs> Magalis I don't know how to say his last name Ma- uh, I believe it's Magale Magale alright that's but... a little bit easier <laughs> Yeah, don't worry about that. He he has signed. His his gardener has even confirmed. <laughs> his gardener. That's the source we need. His gardener. Uh, that's a that's an Arsenal fan TV source. They just Gabriel's gardener. But... Yeah, it's, it's it's being all over Twitter. But no, he he has definitely signed. I'm not too sure why they're not announcing it. Um, right. Whether it's due to the quarantine rule or or what whatever reason, we'll, we will we will find out soon. Yeah, and uh, like you said, he he is basically 100% done. It's just the announcement hasn't been made yeah, yet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about him, to be honest, but I've seen some exciting stats. Like in the group stages of the Champions League, he was one of the better defenders in passing the ball out of the back and tackle yeah. completion, all these different things. Do you know much about Gabriel? Or are you kind of like I, I am? I'll be honest, no. Um, I When we when we were first linked to Upamakano, there was a few whispers of us being you know, have an interest in Gabriel as an alternative, which, which, you know, turned out to be 
uh, good foresight because you know we didn't we did not get Okamakano, we got Gabriel instead. So I judging by the stats, there were stats that showed he's in terms of Europe's top five leagues, he had the best tackle rate out of all the young centre backs. Uh, or at least I'm not sure if he's the best tackle rate, but he's definitely up there. But he is what Arteta wants. He's a left footed centre back. He's he's very progressive on the ball, which is how we want to play ultimately. So I do I do believe it is a it's a good signing. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, I expect him to be featured pretty heavily this year, um, and and hopefully we'll get to see a pairing of him and Saliba, who that, that, yeah. also seems to be a very good player. I watched that friendly against MK Dons and Saliba didn't have much to do that game, but in the few touches that he did take, I thought he was calm. I thought he was composed and he even yep. started one of the goals that Arsenal ended up scoring. So uh, obviously yeah. exciting prospect. Absolutely. We got, we got not one, but two. Right. So, yeah. Right. It's nice that we're signing youth too. the Gabriel's uh, 22. Yeah. Gabriel's 20, yeah, 22, and uh, Saliba is 19. Oh, 19 years old. We, we must have one of the younger teams in the league, right? Especially with Bakayo Saka, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles even, yeah. Joe Willick. I mean, yeah, in, in a... terms of average age, because we're integrating a lot of youth players. So we do we do have a very, a very young squad, and we do have a few senior players, which is why William was signed, you know. To help yeah. to help with the the younger win uh, younger win winners wingers, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, looking looking really forward to seeing how they develop. Yeah, um, but we should uh, for all the excitement about bringing players in. We mentioned obviously Ainsley Milton Niles rumored to be leaving. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier uh, when we were just chatting off air about Rob Holding looks like a loan deal to Newcastle's in his future. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I think I do think it's a good idea. Um, we've we've got we've got two new centre backs that were brought in in the, in the summer. I know Saliba was signed last year, but I do believe that a loan away at Newcastle will help him to become a better a better player and gives time for more for more of the you know the Gabriel and the Saliba and rather than just having like clogged up with eight center backs we want to yeah. get them out we, yeah. we, need, we need to give time and time and uh experience de- de- development yeah developments to gabriel and saliba mm-hmm. so he might not get as much minutes as he wants so i do believe a loan move to newcastle would be good right i am a very big fan of rob holding i sit here doing this podcast wearing a rob holding kit um <laughs> really <laughs> I may be the only person in America to have a Rob Holding kit. I actually believe that. Oh um, uh, yeah, I've never seen someone <laughs> wearing a Rob Holding jersey. But this was but, uh, this was purchased cool. after the 2017 FA Cup final, so you can understand. Well, I can understand. He he his performance against uh, Costa was was world class, stunning. Um, but I think Newcastle would actually be a very good spot for Rob Holding. But I I don't know that he would play so often at Newcastle because Newcastle have a decent defensive situation. Um, I guess he could be used as a second center back to Shar, but I, yeah. I would like to see Rob Holding go out on loan solely because he hasn't been the Rob Holding pre his injury. That we knew. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, it was the same said for Hector Bellerin, but you know, a few performances later now, Hector Bellerin is, is performing. But I do believe alone would be good because you know he he could be a great squad player. He's still he's still only twenty four, so there is a lot there is a lot of uh, promise from Rob. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him play. I also wonder what the situation with Callum Chambers will be because he was another one playing well before he got injured last year, and I, I haven't heard a thing about him. Yeah, it seems to be a phase. Uh, one of our great players gets injured, and we never see from him again. <laughs> right, I, I do believe we're cursed. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chambers. I really, yeah, I, like you said, I, I've not heard a lot in terms of whether he's going to stay at the club or be transferred. Mm. Um, we're going to have to wait and see. But like I said, he was play, he was playing good before his injury. Um, I do believe Fulham and Leeds are after him now. They want they want his signature. But if we do have to sell him, I I would I would not I would not uh, I'd be okay with that. You yeah. know, we we need the fans for other players. Completely agree. Um, it, it would be sad. Obviously, it's sad to see any player go, but it, it seems like. Chambers has maybe run his course, and hopefully I'm I'm wrong, and he'll come back into the team and be a good squad player. But um, who else? Who else is on the chopping block? I don't I don't know if anyone else aside from maybe Kalasinac is really rumored to be offloaded. Uh, uh, that Socrates, Socrates. Oh, yeah, that's a linked with a move to I think Ivan Napoli. Napoli, yeah, somewhere in Italy maybe, but. I think that'd be a good move for him. I know he's just recently had a new new baby, yeah. but um, I I do believe he he will be off this summer. And and one that I the last one we can talk about as far as uh, outgoings is Hector Bellerin. I believe that there is zero truth to this rumor. I don't know how you feel. The uh, Hector Bellerin to PSG rumor. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm not I'm not too sure on that either. I don't really have a lot of information regarding that. Um, yeah, we just have to wait and wait and see what happens. Unfortunately, I, I think if we were to lose Hector Bellerin, you lose one of the best locker room people uh, on this yeah. team. Yeah, I I think it would be a disaster to get rid of him. I, Hector Bellerin is he is my favorite Arsenal player and has been for a while. Uh, just yeah. as a, a person. Who to to admire almost and uh, and even just as a player he's just phenomenal so I'm hoping that there is zero truth to this rumor and uh, we have a, another ten years of Hector Bellerin however long he wants to play for us so yeah yeah Hector Bellerin does love the club um, I think he he's a like I said an integral part of the, the backroom team um, if that is if that is true and we keep uh, Hector Cedric. And Maitland Niles, that does mean Chambers will be definitely even because prior to his injury, he was playing at right back as well. Yeah, that's true. So, I'd be okay with that. Of that bunch, I'd be okay with Chambers being the one to to get the axe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyways, speaking of the back room, I know that uh, I told you before we started this podcast that I am a little bit ignorant to what's going on in the back room. You said you did some reading about it. So what's happened since the last podcast was we had Freddie Lungberg leave uh, yeah. his assistant coaching position to pursue new opportunities. That one seems pretty straightforward. It's just mm-hmm. it was his time, right? Freddie. Yes. 
Um, yeah, yeah. It, th- this one was not as uh, mysterious as uh, some people like to make out. It was a simple fact that he wanted to go into management. Um, you know, he's he's an invincible. He was a uh, part of the coaching staff under. Was it, I think he was under Emery. Yeah, and he yeah, was, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was at some point Emery. the head coach. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, definitely the head. Um, and then, judging by that, he just he just kind of like thought, you know, I've done enough. I think I can step up into a bigger role. Maybe I can see what's out there. Um, Arteta didn't, you know, he he didn't seem to like stop him. He said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah by all means, you can go and pursue pursue your dream. Um, maybe maybe Freddie wasn't in his plans. This is why I'm thinking he was let go with such ease. Maybe yeah. Arteta had a, an idea for an assistant coach that, um, and it didn't include Freddie, but that, that won't take away from the fact that he, he's a legend of our club. Exactly. And I, I think uh, if, if the fact is that he did want to leave and go pursue new opportunities, I think letting him go and not putting up a fight with someone like that who has done so much for the club is the perfect decision. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit of the uh, Leo Messi wants to leave Barcelona and they should just let him go, but they won't. Um, so we showed yeah. class there, I think, and, and uh, Freddie deserves that for sure. But something that you alluded to was uh, mystery. So a little bit more mystery in the Raul Sanyehi departing the club. I don't know if you know anything about this, why this may have happened. And if you do, please inform me. Um, I don't know the full truth to it. I've just been no one putting, <laughs> putting two and two together. But um, there was a report that had come out of the club, you know, when Raul left the club and Vinay took uh, charge of, you know, that role, uh, that Raul had been, that the, that the reason we got the Pepe deal so easily was because he was giving Pepe's agents extra money to get the, the deal over over the line now whether that's true or not uh, i i do not know but it you know that, that in 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 the football business and indeed a lot of businesses there is a lot of fiddling going along a lot of uh corruption micro corruptions and stuff like that and uh, I, I believe because everyone was kind of like really hyping up raul don raul they were calling him yeah. um about the deals that he was procuring but in in terms of that maybe there was something behind the scenes that we didn't know that he was do- he was going against the uh, the core values of the club and you know maybe maybe we had no choice but to do it um but in in terms of what in terms of what, we may never know the truth right well uh i i try not to learn i, I try and remain ignorant in some things in life, like politics, things I don't want to get involved in. Uh, And sometimes the politics of your football club, uh, you'll want to remain ignorant in because you don't want to know if there's some shady business going on. I love the players (laughs) that are on the field. I love Mikel Arteta. I want to just want to see the game. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I want to focus on the good stuff. I don't want to focus on the backroom drama, but uh, it it is a notable thing that someone in his position is being uh, just departing mysteriously. And uh, I think another thing that we need to talk about just briefly is the layoffs that have happened at Arsenal. Supposedly, 55 employees of the club were laid off. 
uh, yep. in kind of mysterious terms as well. It just kind of came from nowhere. We got rid of our entire scouting department, if I'm not mistaken, and they're being replaced by just uh, kind of like a an analytic system almost and people who run yeah. those. And I'm not too familiar with this stuff, so I don't want to ramble on about it. But if you are, please inform me. Um, the reason a lot, of pe- a lot of people are blown this way out of proportion, the reason the 55 staff were let off, yeah, we, we do have a billionaire owner, and if he, if he had a heart, he would... He would, you know, compensate those those people. Only for the Rams. Let go. Only for the oh, Rams. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. But the thing is that those fifty-five staff were part of part of the stadium. You know, the stewards, the kitchen workers, people work people who like all, all all those different roles that the club employs. And because we had no games at the stadium, you know, we we were just paying them for you know being being at at home not not working so that was the the main reason Mor- morally yeah may- maybe you know we're supposed to be quite a rich club we've got a billionaire owner who could you know maybe compensate the owners for their for the for their job losses but no it's it's, a, it's an unfortunate part of today you know we have the coronavirus and a lot of companies are laying off their their staff like this so the fact that the media just kind of like ambushed Arsenal in in the fact that in 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 a in a way that you know make it seem like they were the only ones doing it when unfortunately a lot of lot of staff will lose their jobs. Right. It is a it's a very difficult time. So yeah, yeah. yeah in terms I, of I, that, I think that's a fair yeah. explanation, right? It it's just kind of this is life in uh, coronavirus pandemic time. So yeah. It's unfortunate, um, but maybe maybe the billionaire owner could have done a little bit better if he had a heart, like you said. Uh, and then I guess mm-hmm. the last last thing that we can talk about before I let you go, and thank you again, Will, for joining. No problem, man. Enjoying it. it. Is the academy? So I had a request on Twitter to talk about some of the academy signings, and quite honestly, I'm not too good about knowing what's going on in the academy. So I was going to ask you if you were. Um, and if you're um, not, not, that's perfectly sure. fine. Uh, I guess you know, <laughs> in 2018, we hired Murder Saka to be our academy director, and it looks like he's doing a really good job because we've integrated a lot of our our youth into our first team, and you know, the likes of the Kayasaka, uh, Nketia, Willock, and you know, among others, I'm sure there are a lot that I haven't mentioned, but. It seems like he's doing a really good job. Um, I think you were, I think you were trying to, trying to uh, ask about the 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 people we've been signing, the youth signings. Uh, yeah, we we have signed a few. We signed a centre back from Tottenham, Sol Campbell 2.0. Right. Um, uh, I can't remember at the top of my head. There was names, another but... one. Who was named Salah? Who we announced Salah oh, yeah, at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> Dutch, the Dutch, uh, Dutch midfielder. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, it looks like it looks like we're trying to do like a like a Chelsea route where we hire like we sign a bunch of youth prospects and then either play them in a the first team or, or sell them for profit, right. which is which is a lot of like European teams are doing. I know Leipzig are doing it, and. Uh, even Dortmund were doing it. They were selling 
they were selling top players at extortionate prices like Dembele to um, Dembele to Barcelona, I believe. Yeah. Or excess yeah. of 100 million euros. Yes. Um, so it looks like we're going down that route, which I'm really excited about. Right. And I, I think one of the big names that uh, I've seen thrown around quite a bit online was Miguel Aziz. Um, yeah. And I, I honestly don't know much about him. So I guess my my promise to the listeners of this podcast for the next upcoming episodes is that I will try and learn more about the Academy. So yeah. uh, I guess uh, we can leave it at that. So, Will, uh, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to get in touch with you and talk Arsenal? Uh, underscore William Hooper. All right. Well, Will, it was a pleasure having you on. And, uh, no it was having me on. A pleasure to watch the game. And uh, hopefully we will be in touch soon and uh, we'll be able to celebrate some more trophies together in the future. Absolutely. Let's bring it on. All right. Thanks, Will. We'll talk soon. Bye. All right, man. Take care. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thank you so much to my guest, Will, for joining me on today's podcast. And although the league doesn't start till the 12th, I suspect that I will be back with a a transfer season preview podcast in between now and then. Uh, So get prepared for that. And if you'd like to be involved in that, please reach out. And the best way to reach out and find the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at USArsenalPod. If you like the show, please don't forget to leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you're listening to. It goes a long way. But again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being champions along with me. Champions of the FA Cup. Champions of the Community Shield. Next up, champions of the world. Thank you everyone for listening. And as always, come on you gunners.